Hello everyone, my name is Brantley Taylor and this is Making Progress. What we want to do is encourage, empower, and enlighten each other in a format that's conversational. We have three excellent panelists in today and uh, we're just going to go around the room and introduce everyone and then discuss our subjects. Uh, today we're going to start out talking about spending and primarily financial progress and then we're going to ease into social growth and social change. So. I want to introduce our first panelist, Davette Jones. Give us a little bit about yourself. Hello, hello, hello. I am Davette Jones. I am an independent investment representative and owner of P3 Financial Group, Knoxville. Um, I've had 16, almost 17 years of experience in the financial services industry, and I do not believe that this information should be reserved for the high net worth and affluent. Everybody should be able to utilize these tools and values to be able to help us live our best lives. All right, and to my right, we have Mr. Tim Allen. Go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. Okay, my name is Timothy Allen, and I am a government contractor. I, um, just on the panel, want to share the information that I've experienced uh, growing business and uh, living life. The last panelist for today, is a special guy to me is my brother, Mr. Carrick Taylor. Go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. My name is Carrick Taylor. I am one third of, well, one fourth of the Mighty ABC Crew podcast. Um, basically, I'm here to give you my perspective on the subjects that we do touch on. I believe this is going to be something that is going to be special and it'll be something that's going to be informative to help you in all ways as far as the future. So, Hope you really listening. Take part. So there you have it, folks. That's our panel for today. And, you know, I want everybody to get in their mindset that we're all about making progress. None of us are, you know, experts. Well, we do have one expert on the panel, which is very nice to hear. And uh, <laughs> But we just want to share information and keep it conversational. We're going to get into, um, you know, it's the holiday season. So we've all shared our thoughts, you know, off air, but we want to go into it now and start talking about spending. So spending is a lot about what you place value. So we'll go around first and just ask everyone, what do you place value on as far as what you spend money on? My family, my kids, my daughters, my whole world, and my business. Those are the things that matter to me most. And I'll, I give the world for that. I mean, there's no expense that's too high, too great. Those are the things that matter. I don't put them into clothes and jewelry and cars. Those things don't matter anymore. I want to make sure that I'm creating something that benefits other people besides myself. So just a question in relation to that, when did those things, those things you talked about that don't mean anything, when did they stop having value to you? When I got them. <laughs> when you when you bought the house and you're like, okay, what's the house? And it can now come with a big KUB bill. Mm. Or you bought the car and you're like, oh, yeah, now the car come with all these expensive maintenance. Do y'all mm-hmm. understand what? So, you know, it's kind of like th- those things became, in my mind, liabilities. Because they were constantly costing me money versus putting money into my pocket or being able to continue out a legacy going forward. So, yeah, it, it was really that... Once you got it, you're like, you don't know what you got to yet. I completely agree with David. Um, I find myself uh, trying to have a balance. Mm-hmm. I have a seven-year-old grandson, so I definitely want to give him the memory and uh, that you want your children to have. But at the same time, I want to also place a value on what's truly important, the true meaning of the season, uh, given, and the spiritual aspect. But... Um, I completely agree with Davette when she said that um, you can uh, buy into a liability and it uh, continues to take money from you. So do you think it's a mindset that that we have to change and make progress toward? And I'm not saying any particular group of people, but people who have their values placed on the wrong things to actually make progress in life. I don't know if you can say wrong thing. I think you have to take a look at your situation versus the situation you want to be in. Uh, if you are not happy with the situation you're in financially, then you might want to take a look at someone else who is doing successful and uh, take some patterns from what they're doing. Because uh, for me to say what you're doing is wrong, uh, you might look and say what I'm doing is wrong. Just depending on what you value. Right. Yeah. 
So, I mean, would everybody agree in what you're saying, like asking someone how you got where you are, does it take a little bit of swallowing some of your pride or maybe saying my way is not the best way? It's always going to be that because if you really want to be successful, you have to first and foremost always uh, value educating yourself. And that even means we're talking to someone who may have a little bit more knowledge than you or somebody who has done it a different way that you to yourself think this will never work. Okay, it may not work for you. You may not think it worked, but how do you know if you don't try? Right. You'll never know if you don't try. So that's why it's important that the first thing you do as far as trying to change your situation is make sure you're opening your your ears and closing your mouth. Mm -hmm. A lot of the problems that we have is that we are too eager to try to talk about something that we really don't have the knowledge about. And so as soon as you open your mouth, you may be cutting off that lifeline to somebody who can really help you grow. So that and that's true. Personal experience I can share is um, I used to travel a lot by air, and I sat next to an investor, and he was trying to spoon feed me, but I just kept wanting to talk about larger and larger things, and finally he just quit talking mm-hmm. because I knew everything. And, you mm-hmm. know that was a lesson. He gave me his card when he got off the plane, and he said, give me a call sometime. And, you know, I was somewhat offended. Like, he didn't talk to me the whole time on the plane, and then it didn't hit me till like, weeks later. So there's a lot of uh, truth to that. And like you're saying, there's no, I guess, wrong method, but we can all get better um, learning from each other. Um, is it is it good, bad, or indifferent, do you all feel about, how you spend and the message it sends to the younger generation this time of year? When it comes to that, man, we as a society have gotten to a place where it's just ridiculous Mm -hmm. because you have people out here who would rather go broke and struggle just to try to get little Timmy, a little Tammy, what they want for Christmas. Right. You, they're calling everybody that they owe money working in the cell phone industry and working in customer service. You hear those calls. I need to make a payment arrangement. I need to push this back. I need to push this back. You know, and it happens all the time because I understand that you want to do better for your kids and you want them to have the best, but you cannot break yourself in order to do that because all they're going to ever see the, the real ultimate lesson is going to see I'm going to struggle or I see you struggling so it doesn't matter about how much I spend I get what I want I may have to struggle a little bit but I get what I want and that's not what you want you want them to understand that you work hard get to a place where you are not just comfortable but you have a steady flow sure. just coming in sure I think a lot of it comes from when I talk to people, remember our grandparents, you know, they used to go and buy an acre of land every year. And maybe they only made $5 an hour, but they ne- they didn't necessarily have things like cell phones, mm-hmm. Netflix, the Cinnabar movies with all of the menus where you can order not just popcorn, a whole meal and sit there on a the bed and be lazy outside of your house. You know, there weren't all these other little bitty, oh, we got to go to this restaurant, all these restaurants. Mm-hmm. I mean, Knoxville has, what, the largest population of restaurants in a square mile yeah. radius in the whole freaking country. You know, those are things that's like, you're constantly giving us reasons. We got a concert that's coming up. We got an Essence mm-hmm. Festival. Then we got a play that's coming. There are so many different things. For, and that's on top of just holiday spending. Your mm-hmm. Thanksgivings, where you buy outfits to stand in the kitchen. Your Halloweens, yeah. where, yeah. you know, you got to buy the costumes and you got to... There are so many things out there. And mind you, marketing, they make it available. You see the commercials yes. and they make you want to have this and that and the other and the cars and go to the, to the games and do all of these things. So, you know, we are definitely in a, in a society that's oversaturated with... Gimme, 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 I want, I want, I want. Yes. And these are so many items out here that we just have to almost kind of cut off the distraction. So mm-hmm. out of sight, out of mind, you don't have to worry about it. I agree with that. I'm uh, 44 years old, don't mind to say. And uh, I can see the difference between my parents, grandparents, and the millennials in this uh, next generation. And it seems like um, 
people, as time passes, are starting to put uh, starting to put a greater value on money and monetary versus human nature. Uh, I'll share something. In college, I had a, uh, a ice cream truck. Used to run around the neighborhoods, and it was always really uh, baffling to me to where I made the most money. The lower the socioeconomic neighborhood I went in, the more money I made. And when I went to the nicer neighborhoods, I wouldn't make a dime. And I think it's a lot to be said about that in regards to this conversation. And what I mean is, um, in the lower socioeconomic neighborhoods, there's a need to do something to make it feel like, well, we don't have enough money, so I'm going to make you happy. I'm going to buy your happiness. Mm -hmm. But in higher socioeconomic neighborhoods, they say, I'm not spending no money on that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to buy where you bought it. Mm -hmm. So that mindset, I think, is a separation between uh, essentially rich and poor. It's not about money. It's about mindset. So depending on where your mindset is, maybe you can uh, be encouraged to elevate it, to see a different way and put the value where it needs to be put. I think one of the biggest things uh, or perfect examples is they had a picture, I think it was on Facebook. You have Warren Buffett and uh, Bill Gates in the picture. And they got the caption saying, look, no gold, no green. You know, you don't see any of that happening there. And it's the truth because it's one thing, and I'm, I'll be the first to admit I am right there with any and everybody. You get a little bit of change, you want to go spend it. It's like, as the old saying, it's burning a hole in your pocket. It's as soon day. as you touch it. <laughs> Instead of saying, you know what, let me just sit this over here. No, you want to go and spend it. And that's a problem we have out here is that we are so quick to spend our money instead of looking to invest in it. That's one thing that will come from this as far as this program because with your expertise, your expertise, we just have people... And you are on your come up with it as far as your knowledge of it. You have people on here who really care about making sure people understand and have some type of focal point as far as financial stability and getting yourself to a place to where you can have that success and you will. Because the more you do it, the more you're educated about it, the more it's going to hit you. I've been doing this wrong all this time. So So do you all think it's a social stigma? attached almost to to saving money and I'll, I'll say that in this context that I don't think it's always people don't have enough to save they just choose not to save actually no there's a study that showed between 1945 and 1973 when all of our parents and our grandparents were coming back from the war and then they were also moving from the rural environments into the city working at the factories buying their first houses that had air conditioning and indoor plumbing and you know refrigerator these buying their first cars this was a major economic boom for the u.s during that time so our parents have this mindset of well if you get a good job with benefits then you can have all money in the world Mm -hmm. those employers also had pension plans and they were taking care of their employees after 73 there was a big oil crisis that caused the recession. And after doing so, then where our grandparents was making a 5% raise every year, so past inflation and still getting money, <clears throat> they were able to, one, they most of them lost their jobs because everybody had bought a house by this point. Mm-hmm. But then the inflation rate was at 3%. They were maybe getting 3% raises, and there weren't just jobs out there for the asking like there were before. So where our parents grew up in probably the most phenomenal economic time ever, Mm -hmm. we are definitely on a humongous downslope, whereas where it used to be everybody shared the wealth, now you kind of have what we call our one percenters. They all absorb that wealth, and it's not trickling down. It's not evenly dispersed. So it's, it's a huge factor where... There's not nearly as much money out there for people, but they still have the mentality that, well, mama and them got a car, and mama and them got a house at this age, and mama and them got this, but we're living in a different economic environment. And it's not because of our fault. It's just because of the, the lay of the land, the way that the world works now. So 
how to adapt. Mm-hmm. We do, and we don't want to accept that. We have it in our mind. That if what mom and them did, that's what we supposed to do, and that's what I'm supposed to do. I was talking to a bunch of kids the other day, and I was like, why do you want a car? Like, I mean, you can Uber everywhere and not have to pay the car note and the car expenses and the maintenance and the insurance. I mean, like, why would you not Uber in this day and age? You meet somebody from New York, they don't even have a driver's license because they use public transportation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just the mentality. It was like, are you doing this because somebody else do it or have you, are you doing it because you thought it through? Well, in Knoxville, you really need a car. Oh, well, okay. Public transportation, you'll be on the bus <laughs> for four hours trying to get where you got to go if you can get there. But to add to your point, you said the uh, 40s and to 70s. Uh-huh. I, I have some friends that were born prior to that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say because of the Depression. During the Great Depression, mm-hmm. people didn't have. So they say. even after Depression, they still canned their foods just in preparation so they wouldn't have to go through that anymore. That's true. So uh, you take a young person who don't know anything about recession, who don't know about saving for mm. the in case, and they'll go ahead and make a dollar and spend two, versus uh, the older school that would make a dollar and save ninety cent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that mentality is probably one that hinders us, is because if you don't see that history repeats itself, so if you don't prepare for what's coming, you're down to uh, to live it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bye, Sam. <laughs> so, would would you all caution people, I guess, as far as controlling spending to make drastic changes or really, like you're saying, evaluate their situation and realize you're living in a different time and make some small changes? Listen to alternatives. Look for alternatives. You know, just if you had to spark a thought in someone as to make a better stand towards healthier financial position, what would each each of you say to them? I say real quick, and it's probably uh, some book I read. But uh, if you only buy assets, you can't help but be wealthy. If you buy liabilities, you can't help but be poor. I think it's all about self evaluation. Each person has to. You said it before, but each person has to look at it, their situation, and say, "Okay, what do I need to do to get where I want to?" And um, if you're not ready to do that, then you have a problem. You don't want to make that change. You have to say to yourself, okay, this is getting old. I need to do something. And it may be that you're doing little things, but little things will lead into bigger things. But you have to start somewhere. If you don't start somewhere, you're never going to get to where you're going to. Absolutely. There is this new movement. It's called the FIRE movement. So FI, Financial Independence, RE, Retire Early. And it's so dope because you've got pharmacists who make $100,000 a year, basically living off of $30,000 income. But they're putting all that money aside. They're saving it and investing it. They're making a small sacrifice for a small period of time now mm-hmm. so they can have the ultimate future and be able to, you know, separate from them 14-hour days. Because even though you make six figures, I mean, they still work you just like you was on somebody's plantation for those six figures. So mm-hmm. it's absolutely now they're, you know, trying to live their life that they want to live, say, let me take this five, six years, stack as much money I can into my investment accounts and be able to separate from the corporate world. And now I can blog or I can write stories, but I'm creating a lifestyle that is a whole lot more um, functional for me and my family. And we don't have as much stress. You know, we have a level of stress of getting up every day and going to work and dealing with bosses or coworkers and all of that. You know, you really just want to be able to create something, maybe start your own business. I mean, we definitely, I think we all believe in ownership for our own business. So it would be imperative to say, how can I leverage that and create something that gives back to the world? So I'm super excited about this fire movement. I'm seeing, there's even one guy who's in some little small place in Tennessee who's in his 40s already retired as a pharmacist based off a six-year plan of him truly living off $30,000 of income. Crazy, but love it. I like what you're saying, but we have to be honest at this point. And a lot of information is passing. Even my last comment, I thought about it after I said it. I'm listening to what you're saying, fire moving. I'm looking it up as soon as I get out of here. Mm -hmm. But we got to be honest about the level of discipline in our community. 
and the lack thereof. Yeah. If you don't have any discipline, all this is a waste of time mm. because you got to apply discipline to information to get a result. That's true. Right. So yes. you can know about every movement. You can uh, know about every strategy. You can know about, you can uh, have the best job. But if you don't have any discipline, then you're out the, you're out the game before you start. Yeah. That's what Chanel was saying this week. She was like, there is no transformation without transaction. You have to make an action. And what did it say? It takes 21 days to make a habit, 90 days to make a lifestyle. So it definitely makes a ton of difference. But I believe people can do it if they're disciplined. Yeah. and determined, and they see the future goal. Right. We, we got to have a goal. If we don't have a goal, we don't have a dream, we don't have anything to look forward to, then we're just going to keep spinning our wheels. But, you know, I'm also on this path where I'm supposed to be writing down 100 goals, and I'm like 65, maybe 68, and I'm starting to knock them off. It's like I accomplished this one and that, so now i got to keep adding to it. I haven't even got to 100 yet. But, you know, you think about it. When's the last time you sat down and wrote down 100 goals? Can mm-hmm. you even think of 100 things that you want to do? But if you do, then we can really take that determination and our focus and say, well, this is where I want to spend my money. And this is you know what I want to spend my time on. And it gives you that definiteness of purpose that Napoleon Hill talks about in Think and Grow Rich. Well, it sounds like uh, organization, mm-hmm. discipline. Matter of fact, we probably need to even uh, put that together at this point. To understand what it takes to get there sure. because uh, I know there's going to be people listening to say, yeah, that sounds great, but I don't trust myself. I, I, I won't get a credit card. I mean, I trust myself, but some people will say, yeah. I won't get a credit card because I don't trust myself. Mm-hmm. When you have, a, you have a fundamental problem at that point, if you cannot tell yourself no. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I think the, the education will bring about the discipline and, you know, a, a habit that was instilled in us was, you know, go put the money in savings, even if you got to get it. Right. And as you are increased, as you are blessed, then you can leave that money there and it begins to accumulate. But now we can take it a step further and say, I need to put it into something. I need to put it in the vehicle where while I'm asleep in my bed, right. it's working for me. Yes. And I think education will lead to that, you know, getting more organized because I think there's a lot of red tape that scares people and whether it's here yes or real i guess it's it's there and i completely agree but you got to understand the the range of people that are going to be listening i mean um depending on what you've experienced what you saw how you uh see your parents i think that's where a lot of financial education comes from what you've seen done in the past right right yeah so though old habit old habits are hard to break mm-hmm and for somebody to be honest with themselves and say, listen, I, I need to do something different. I mean, we can see that, but what are the steps to get there? Well, I'll tell you, in, in respects, I remember telling my kids, all right, we got two options. We can, um, we can watch Nickelodeon or we can go on a cruise. What do you want? And we sat down and we basically had family business meetings and we talked about what we were going to do with our money for the course of the year. And my kids were like, we want to go on a cruise. So we got rid of cable because they didn't want to watch Nickelodeon. I mean, they were part of that decision-making process. So we sat on the floor and we played Life and Monopoly and board games, but we were all in it together. That was like you were saying, your parents taught you to go ahead and put the money. It definitely starts at home. As much as people say we need financial education in the schools, which, you know, it's good to have a Mm -hmm. secondary source, but I teach my kids to make their beds. I teach them how to, you know, clean up the rooms. I teach them how to invest at home. Those are all just kind of fundamental practices. They need to be able to see your 401k or your investment statement and say, no, this is how much money we actually have in the bank. It's not like you can swipe it, let me type it. Like my kids used to say, they just felt like a credit card and a debit. Mm -hmm. Swipe it, let me type it. Wait a minute. (laughs) You just can't be swiping everything. But it's one of those things where they have to be involved in that process so they can learn better habits and they can understand that you got not only the mortgage, but the mortgage might be, you know, the utility bill might be as much as the mortgage because it's the wintertime. We're running Christmas lights and, Mm -hmm. you know, they need to understand those things. And when they get into adulthood, they can accept them a lot better. So I think it absolutely starts at home and we have to be transparent enough with our kids. If we want, they say that wealth is passed on from generation to generation, so is poverty. It's passed on from generation to generation and we continue to be 
secretive and keep this information to ourselves, then our kids are going to have the same mentality and the same failure. And that's, go ahead. And that's where it, it, it comes to, you know, our, our next part. Um, Tim, I'm going to let you finish and then we'll go to the next okay, part. Okay, because I got a good point. Yeah, go ahead. And I think I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, was, I think I was going to say something to the effect of... Um, Bye. I lost it. Well, we can round it up. That's okay. So it brings us to our next point. Uh, thank you all for contributing to that. But just as you were closing out with David, and everybody's alluded to it, being who you are, and where did that get off track? You know, with social media, with the advent of of wanting to impress or or give off this image, is that a big part of where we went off track on placing value on things? It came back to me. If you got a minute, what I was going to say is. The ability to be honest with yourself if you are that parent that doesn't have the financial education or information to teach your children to reach out to a day vet to get that information so that you can pass it. I mean, I think that's one of the things that we're missing is uh, I told David off air in, in the last couple of weeks that she is a champion for financial education. I mean, I've got mine one way, but when I see her out here going and... Uh, going to seminars, bringing information back. If you ask her a question, I guarantee you that she would give you an answer. Now, I'm not doing a commercial for you. I'm just saying there's a lot of people out here, I but I know Vet is out here and she's doing it. <laughs> right, right, right. Absolutely. So, there are, and this is a point of encouragement to tell people, there you. are people out that. here to help. And we, you know, we appreciate. Seek them out. That, yeah. Yeah. Don't, you know, drop the stigma. Again, back to. You know what we've lost it socially. Be who you are, well, and 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 enjoy that. You know, live where you are. Don't you know? Scream out on the rooftop when you when you're really living in the basement. You know, make that basement as nice as you can and work your way up. We're all trying to come up together, and there is room at the top for everyone. We we need not let anyone know that we're in competition. We are all you know locking arms and going forward together because. You know, if if I'm standing on your feet, you know, like Frederick Douglass said, you can't go anywhere either right. as long as I'm trying to hold you down. So I think, you know, that's the second part we want to get into is the social media aspect and how it's cost us, caused our values to become skewed to where, you know, we are valuing images now. We're valuing, you know, Illusion. what we see. Basically versus what it actually is. It's all fake, fake news. It's fake all news. of a side. We're in an age right now, and it's sad because our young people have to grow up with this. Um, they feel like the only way that they are going to feel any type of love is through social media. They feel like mm. they have to be involved, the person at the top, the person getting all the likes, the person... Is getting all the comments that's what they value now as mm-hmm. far as life and so it's one of those things where if it's managed the right way social media is a gift because mm-hmm. it opens up many doors it introduces you to people that you met doing our podcast we've met a lot of people that we probably never would have met before well first time we saw somebody from the uk was in our comment box and was hanging with us and it's like three four in the morning in the uk but he's still hanging in there that's the whole show. Up. That lets you know that it that's the the good part. Mm-hmm. The thing is, there are pitfalls and downfalls to being on social media. That's driving our people and our kids. It's so sad to see our kids hurting themselves or feeling like they're bullied. I think a big part of it is because for one, people can be a different person when they're on social media so they act a different way instead of dealing with it the way we dealt with it because we knew we were going to get picked on sometimes we knew that was going to be wrong but you were able to face it and you learned how to deal with it these people now it's just coming from everywhere you got different people coming at you and if you're not used to people just coming at you because all you're doing is you've had people like 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 everything that you're doing but now you've got these people just throwing rocks at you. But you don't know how to pick up that shield and block it. So you just keep getting hit and getting hit. Because you keep getting hit, that makes you weak. And eventually that weakness takes over you instead of you saying, look, enough's enough. 
I can deal with this. Mm-hmm. Would you would you also agree, and this is for everyone, that not receiving true constructive criticism causes more harm as well? Because you do get the likes. If you be my friend, I'll be your friend. You be my friend. I like all your stuff. You like all my stuff. And then you on the Biggie get... video right now? You on the Biggie video right <laughs> yeah, now? Yeah. You, yeah. Know, you got to get your Diddy on right there. I heard so, that. I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. That's so familiar. Right, right. <laughs> Oh, so, oh. <laughs> my friends gonna be your friends. We can do this every weekend. Every weekend. <laughs> Sorry, so, with you. We back to living for the weekend. <laughs> but um, so it's when you do receive a constructive criticism, it's harder to take mm-hmm. because you're so used to being liked on social media. Do you think? That is true, or imagine, or perceive. What What do you all think about that? Well, I'm I'm old school, so I'm not even friends with a lot of my Facebook friends. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I went in the store and I sent a Facebook friend. I was going to say something. They walked by. I was like, "Oh, I guess, I guess we're not Facebook. Huh? I guess we're just Facebook friends, not in real life." Mm-hmm. So for me, it's um, I don't do social media like probably everybody else. Uh, I use it for motivation. I uh, connect to a few groups that uh, give positive information. And when I wake up in the morning, I get a little positivity, and I run out the door. But everybody's different. Mm-hmm. And what you, like I was talking earlier, is say it's a tool. Depending on how you use that tool, depends on what you get out of it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. No, I, I agree with that. I I remember being in social media in 2002 really heavy like when it was first coming out and i was mm-hmm. doing the message boards i remember doing aim chat rooms i mean it was wow. pretty big she in took the... it all the way back yeah. yeah yes yes i remember like you know it's like oh somebody announced it i remember in 2003 when i announced in there that my mom had passed away on social media and i was like is that the right thing to do that seems kind of stupid why did i do that but those were my friends. Those were the people that I hung out with, mm-hmm. you know, online dating, all of that. It was just like a part of my maturity. Um, but like Tim said, now it's the part where I show people what I want them to see. Mm-hmm. I, but for our kids, they have it in a dynamic where they almost feel like they have to unveil their heart in every circumstance and situation. So to your point about the constructive criticism, there was a great article I read or a great little parable I read that talked about, you know, Buddha said that there was a guy that was heckling him and he asked him, he said, well, you know, if you give me a gift and I don't take it, then who keeps the gift? And he said, well, I keep the gift. And he said, the same thing is true with your criticism. If you, I don't take your criticism, then you keep that criticism and I'm able to keep my energy clean and free. That helped me tremendously because there were a point where somebody would say something about me or, and I would want to take offense to it. But the reality of it is with age maturity, then you have to be able to kind of separate that and say, maybe that's not for me. Maybe you just needed to say that, you know, did you get some pleasure out of criticizing me? Some people do. And, you know, we talked a little bit about the trolls and things. So you have to have a discerning spirit in that respect. But as far as, you know, a lot of the things that I would encourage our kids with social media, I would also make them take a second guess at who the information is coming from and why the information was coming from them and not take it so personal as though it's an attack to them directly. It may not have nothing to do, may not have anything to do with them. It may be the other person and you might have to just kind of push that aside because it's not really for you. If you can control it. Now, these days, we could pick a phone up and start videotaping yeah, yeah. so quickly. So, it might not even be your call on what gets reported or recorded. And that's one thing that I, I went to a, a little nice spot. I don't want to advertise any, any business, but uh, it was drinks. And uh, <laughs> people would get down. They was doing their little thing. I looked up, and somebody was recording me. I'm thinking, that's almost offensive. Right. I mean, what are you going to do with that information? Right. I mean... Uh, but that's the world we're in it's right now. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's anything, anybody at any time. time. Again, yes. it's a gift and a curse because yeah. we've seen some of the things that can happen. And if it wasn't for somebody recording it, 
No, it never would have been known, right? And the people would have been prosecuted, right? And it's also being used right now to open up the world to things that we we know mm-hmm. what's been going on, right? But there's some people out there who Crazy. are trying to be blind to the facts. Yes, you can't be blind to the facts. You know what's happening. You know what's going on. But now there's no way you can hide from this. It's live. And the biggest thing too, if we're talking about these cameras that these kids are falling into. They're too focused on being what everyone wants to say, being real. Mm. Yeah. You're out here trying to show out for people, talking about you're being real. How are you being real when you're putting on a persona just to make sure you're good in this person's eyes? And get likes. You, you, yeah, you're going to like to come up. This is something that if a child is not taught how to use this tool the right way, Mm-hmm. It can go wrong very quickly. Sure. Sounds like the level of addiction and psychological addiction. I mean, mm-hmm. just the fact of wanting to be liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, do you think that's from not being built up enough at home? I mean, I can speak from personal experience. Our parents didn't put us up on a pedestal, but they gave us confidence that you don't have to feel like you lack in any area and what you may I, actually lack in you can do with enough effort and hard work. Uh, and I, honestly, I don't really even think it's that because you have some of these kids out here, their parents adore those kids and they try to do everything they can to make sure they understand that they're loved. I'm pretty sure they've had conversation on conversation on, hey, you're, you're doing well. Keep doing what you're doing. Instead of, but because that kid meets this one kid mm-hmm. who everybody says, that's that dude. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to be like. Oh, I'm about to go be like him. And so you follow him on social media. You're seeing all this stuff this dummy's doing. And instead of understanding that this person is doing this dumb stuff for entertainment or this person's trying to, he's caught up in a persona too. You end up getting sucked into that persona, and then it become that person. You become that person. Stimulation. Yeah, it's like it's regardless of how you're raised. Now, some of the stuff that's happening, yes, some of it is geared to that, but a lot of it, man, a lot of these kids come from good homes. Yeah, and something that comes along with that is what we talked before about the real time where you're mm-hmm. constantly getting these images and perceptions and things that it's like these kids can't figure out who they are because mm-hmm. they have so many different things that's coming in and you can't process a thought or feeling or emotion or even get into character before you already see that there's somebody else that's new hot right. on the scene and now you're trying to be like this person and that person and it's like you lost your authentic you a long time ago how can we get you back to you but then there'll be something else on the news that'll distract you, and it's like squirrel, you know. Right. <laughs> okay. No, it, it, and it's, it's true. And I guess to that end, if you had to give a piece of advice, I mean, you know, from all the way across through everybody, I guess it would start. Would everyone agree that it it would start with less social media? Not oh, yeah. saying just cut it off. I guess. I'm wondering, like, having children that are old enough that use social media, why all the outlets? And what are you, why do you keep jumping to something else? I don't understand it, but I don't belittle, because that's their thing. That's how they do. I mean, you know, if it was comparative, you know, we would go to certain rec centers to play ball. Or, I mean... The thing about it is, though, we're in an age where we know social media is going to be part of our kids' lives. But you have to make sure that they understand when you see that child getting upset about something somebody said or about them not getting that like. You have to make sure they understand, hey, that person may not like you, but guess what? That's their opinion, and it's okay. But what you have to understand is that doesn't do anything for you you can either sit here and get upset about it or you can say hey it's happened I'm good I'm going to move on 
I don't that what that person said, they can say that about me. That's the thing about it. They have to learn how to get tough skin. And that's one of the things that's lacking in the world is that nobody, there's no tough skin anymore. Everything that comes out is, oh, God, that bothered me. Mm-hmm. That bothered me. Mm-hmm. I wish I would come home and say, Dad, the way you talked to me today, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bothered by that. All you had to do was say, take out the trash. I know you asked me about two or three times to do it, but there was no need for you to raise your voice. <laughs> what that looked like? Tell me what that looks like. I'm going to be here right now. Tell, tell me. It would have been game over. You know what I mean? He going he to give me that little step back like Martin. Look me up and down. And if, knowing him, though, he'll probably walk away first because he knows it's going to come. He would walk away, go back, get himself together, and then come back to you. And then he'll give you that good stern talking to where you're like, I will never do that again. But we don't have that anymore because even as a parent, all you're getting is you're being too hard on them or you're doing too much. You shouldn't do that. And I think a lot of it is, too, as far as with our parents and how they raised us. We came out fine and everything, but I think in a way, because and they might not want to admit it or not, they're hearing all the stuff that people were saying to them and all that's coming back. And so when it comes to us and our kids, hey, stop, calm down. Because it happened with Dad and uh, Greg. There's a lot of stuff she saved us from. Because she was probably like, he going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And even though I did that with you, I don't want you doing it with that green baby. Right. And it's it just, it's like the, the full circle. But they also know when to draw the line and say, you know what? He has to do it. Mm-hmm. He's not going to learn anything. He's crossing the line. He has to do it. So. Sure. I don't know. Maybe it was when they started divorcing their parents. You know, they wanted the kids wanted to start taking legal matters, and you see stuff on Blossom and the sitcoms and the TV shows. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it's they could get along, get away with it, and you know, the Nickelodeons and yeah. whatever. The, you know, it's like, mm. and that's where, uh, speaking from experience, like our parents would sit down and say, "Y'all know that's not real." <laughs> like, like from, with with everything, like from I WWE wrestling. Would. To stuff like that, and they would be like, "Y'all, y'all know that's not real," <laughs> or they would flat out say, "Y'all better not ever talk to me like that." But it's probably more interaction back then, with yeah. Parents than it is that's, now. Yeah. See, that too. That's because everybody got a TV in their own bedroom for now, right? Yeah. And what you were talking about the the kids, you know, social media being a part of their life. But what are the parents doing with the tablet at three years old? Yes, that too. Very true. I've you know. done it. I've done it. Uh, yeah, yeah, go. Yeah. Hey, you getting a little rowdy, buddy. Yeah, let me turn that on right quick. Right. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Play backyard again. So <laughs> they just hit the little icon and they start or talking to it. They don't even type. Right, you know? rejecting every phone call that comes in. <laughs> Come on now. Today. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, like back in the day, it used to be, I know Cable, as soon as we hit the house, Mickey Mouse. I want, I want to watch Hot Dog, Daddy. I want to watch Hot Dog. Hot Dog. Hot dog. Exactly. Hot dog. Put it on. <laughs> and he wouldn't good say dog. a word. Sometimes you have to go in there and check on him to make sure he's good. Because it'd be too quiet. Mm-hmm. Like, son, what are you doing? Yeah. And he's just sitting there. And then he gets to the end. Dog, dog. <laughs> and he's sitting there. I was like, okay, you're good. And as soon as I watch the same thing over again, I'm like, son, you just watched it. No, I'll tell you what the new, almost the new addiction right behind social media is the video games. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Roblox. Yeah. That is right yes. there. I don't know if y'all deal with that, but that's a whole nother level of you got to pay attention because they got um, rape scenes in the game and they got grown people texting kids mm-hmm. if you're not aware you think your kid playing a little kid game on the phone, mm-hmm. but they are connecting with anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's that speaks to what you were talking about, interaction, because, you know, again, just speaking from practice, that's a lesson I learned, and I do it. I I roll up in there, not yeah. shutting in doors. Right, right. What's right. going on in here? Right. 
and they'll pause the game and look. I'm like, keep playing. Right. If, if it's something you're supposed to be doing, should be a problem. It should mm-hmm. be a problem. So if they turn it back and right, it's, don't it's, want you around. Yeah. Right. And that's what you got. Mm-hmm. Yes, it'll be out of your control one day. But I think that's our job as parents is yeah. to exercise self control in front of them because we can't very well tell them to get out and this is me and their mother not even talking to each other. I saw that at, at Starbucks the other day. We were doing some accounting for someone and the couple came in had the kids had something and the couple had a Nintendo Switch yeah. and a cell phone and everybody's head was down at the table. Nobody interacted. Wow. Yeah. And wow. I think to help people progress towards that, do y'all have y'all seen the uh there's some restaurants now that are like like giving a free appetizer if everybody'll put their phone in a box and oh, really? just if you'll just sit down and have a meal. You know, actually one restaurant it affected their bottom line. Okay. They couldn't figure it out. They were like, We're still having the same turnover. We don't you know and they couldn't but people was taking longer to eat. Because they were stuck on these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they finally just put it aside and said, look, you need to limit your cell phone use. And it starts with us, I believe, and it's passed down like everything else. So I went to a restaurant, and they had a TV in the uh, in the booth. A little TV size of a phone. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I mean, it's one thing to have the phone, but uh, too many distractions. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's distractions everywhere. If it's not in the booth, 20 TVs on yeah. the wall. So, I think that's what we're coming to now. You got to have some, be tuned into something. Yeah. It's got to be something. And I noticed, even with the screens, we were over here eating, and I kept trying to look and see what time it was. And none of them had the time on it. You know, it was nothing, it was just a bunch of random information. It was nothing that was, it, it almost puts you in a trance where you can't even get back to your regular life. It just allows you to get caught up into this vortex of mm-hmm. just sit right here, eat the food, watch the TV, be a, you know, in a, in a, in a hypnotic state and people can't focus on their dreams, their goals, their aspirations, moving forward. Distracted. They're completely distracted and it's almost a brainwashing is whether it be yeah. a video game, whether it be our screens, when it comes to the phones, mm-hmm. you know, even you got to talk about people like myself, workaholics. I can get on my screen, on my computer screen and I can work and I can tap and I can. So, you know, our screens are absolutely a huge problem because it disconnects us from the people who are actually around us that we can touch and laugh and just yeah. spend time with that's a whole show. I mean, by itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That concept. Right. Because uh, at, the, at the end of the day, what you're saying is true. You get so distracted on stuff that don't matter, you don't focus on the true important. I mean, not just the love, but also the finance. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Relation, I mean, even relationships, the, the philo, the brotherly love, you know, you don't care about your brother that's ha- homeless or handicapped because... I don't see him on TV. I thought she was talking about the DMs. Well, he goes down in the DMs. Hey, <laughs> them DMs will get you messed up. Oh boy. That's a whole nother show. <laughs> That's arrows. That ain't filers. <laughs> All right. So I appreciate everybody for their time and their comments. Uh, we're going to round it out like this. Uh, we're going to go around like everybody to just leave a positive word of encouragement short, sweet, to the point, and then if you'd like, just leave your contact information in case people want to get in touch with you. So the vet will allow you to go first. Mm. I'm a professional. I'm a professional. I'm an expert. <laughs> I, got a, expert I, I got the, I got the, the I certificates got on the wall. I yes. I shouldn't have called them. <laughs> you see me over here looking at my phone. I was on these screens. I swear, African Americans, God bless them, and the horse they rode the town on. Um, really, my my transform transformational message is money, 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 money. Stop and say it. Like legit, say it. You can't say it without smiling. You can't say it without building up an energy. We should be able to have a positive, motivating energy when it comes to money, not just thinking about bills. So say it, money, 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 money. I don't hear y'all say it. Money, 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 money. See, see, they dancing. Change. Yeah. And that's all I want to say. You can find me at IamWealthyNow.com. Okay, I'll go next. If I have to have a, and it's on the spot, 
should have been prepared. But whatever stands in your way becomes the way. Don't let obstacles stop you. And my name is Timothy Allen, and uh, you can reach me at, uh, actually on, uh, I have an email, timothyjeromeallen at gmail.com. That's T-I-M-O-T-H-Y-J-E-R-O-M-E-A-L-L-E-N at gmail.com. All right, everybody. My positive ending for the evening is one, basically, that I use today, man. It's a, every day is a new day. Put out new positive energy. Make sure you understand whatever you want. You can go get it. You just got to work for it. Make sure you keep all positive vibes around you. Don't let nobody bring you down. And just keep it simple, man. Keep it very simple. I am, again, uh, one part of the ABC Crew Podcast. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Uh, We go live every Friday, 7 p.m. on Facebook. Check us out. You know somebody that's wanting to sponsor us? Please do. Send them our way. But uh, my own uh, tailor-made creativity on Instagram, Carrick B. Taylor on Facebook. Uh, we just out here trying to make it, man. If you're with us, you're with us. If not, please step to the side and let us roll. And closing out, this is Brantley Taylor. I'd just like to leave with everybody. It's a, it's a well-known quote, but it's, it's whether believe you can or you can't, you're right. And people understand that we're just all trying to uplift everybody and encourage everybody. We hope you enjoyed what the presentation we put out today. Uh, if you need to reach me, if you have any questions, comments, please. We'd love to hear. And the buzzer's going off. So <laughs> wrap it up, B. Wrap <laughs> 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 it up, B. <laughs> so I can be reached at taylor.brantleyl at gmail.com. Uh, Facebook, Brantley Taylor. Uh, this has been a, a joyous experience for us all. We look forward to doing it again for David Jones, uh, Timothy Allen, Carrick Taylor. This is Brantley Taylor signing off, and hopefully we'll all be talking about making progress going forward. Lord, lift us up when-